This is Real with Reese. I'm with Alex Edwards. Thanks, Alex. How are you doing today? Doing good. It's good to be here with you, Pastor. Uh, excited about this podcast. And hey, with this podcast, we just get straight down to it, don't we? And yeah, so. it can sound, you know, we listen to quite a few podcasts. It can be sometimes annoying to, to me for some <laughs> podcasts when they're still doing the chat like five minutes later. And I'm going yeah. like, I could chat to my friends if I wanted to. I like yeah. get on with the content. So I, you know, yeah. perhaps some. Oftentimes I'm listening in my car and it's like, I only got a limited amount of time in my car. We're the same. So it's like, hey, 10 minutes, let's go. Give it Come to on. me. Yeah, let's do this. Well, let's do that. And so, so to, hey, so let's just get straight into it. Um, you've got a new series coming up. It's called uh, Clash of Civilizations. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, starting from January the 21st, um, we're starting a, a new series in the Book of Romans, actually. And um, there are different debates about how long you should be in the Book of Romans, because it's a majestic study. Um Martin Luther was converted after reading Romans, Charles, uh, John Wesley as well. And so um, some people have called it the apostle, uh, the gospel according to Paul. And there's some sense in that he lays out this sort of uh, magnificent treatise on what it is to be a Christian and how that affects us in the world. And so we're going to have 29 uh, episodes or, or uh, sermons, mm. messages uh, on the book of Romans throughout the year. And so really looking forward to it. Can't wait to, to, to make a start. And Romans chapter 1 starts off in a very striking fashion. The first couple of chapters almost lay out the problem. And we're going to see that Jesus is the solution. And then once you know Jesus, we're part of a body. We're, we're his people. And we're kind of recreating, or God is recreating something very special through his people um, because of Jesus. And um, so, yeah, Romans 1 is very stark, and some people almost get afraid of Romans chapter 1. We're definitely living in a Romans 1 world. And so we, I, I came up with the, the phrase, clash of civilizations, um, and I, I don't know whether there's a movie about that, but there seems to be a whole lot of, an entire genre about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, when I hear that, I, I really do, I think, man, that sounds like a movie, you know, or what kind of movie? And then it really brings about questions for me. It's like, well, okay, clash of the civilizations, well, what civilization? It should are be a Marvel title, don't you think? Like the next, I don't know, Captain <laughs> yeah. America, or whatever, uh, or the Avengers, Thor, or whatever. Thor's a good one. You could, is that right? Yeah, clash of, it's that all, sounds... all recorded around the corner from us. Oh, that's yeah, right that all cool? of it. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I think Chris Hemsworth was around here somewhere not too long ago. Is that I hear he works out in one of the gyms, but I won't mention the name of that gym. But it yeah. must be a bit intimidating if you yeah. suddenly it must be sort of you work you're doing yeah. you're, you're bench pressing <laughs> not very much, and then Thor starts bench pressing. Yeah, but. it's it's motivation, and and really and. As far as it being sounding like a Thor movie, uh, you know, what, what is it, uh, you know, where are you headed with this this class of civilizations? Yeah, well, I heard someone say the other day, and, and you're a, a student pastor, you're a, you're a preacher as, as well, and, you know, speak for us in the big house. You speak most weeks to your students. You've spoken on the book of Daniel. And I heard someone say the other day that the Babylonians um, were a civilization ending culture in that they wanted their worldview to utterly dominate their king. The most famous was Nebuchadnezzar. You know, they, they want to, to rule everything. They want to conquer other nations. And when they conquered another nation like Israel, and that was another story in itself, the way they tried to dominate and obliterate the past culture was to, first of all, get the most influential 10%. The young, the young men, and mm. that—that's what happens with any influencing today. Mm. You, all you have to do is influence ten percent, and, and you, you, oh, you, wow. you're controlling the world basically. Yeah. Wow. You know, and and so, um, and that's why. Hey, 
um, you know, reach the leaders in the community for Jesus. You Amen. Know, that makes a difference. Amen. So, anyway, so so they capture Daniel, the young men. They they reeducate them or brainwash them. They expose them to the religion. And they also the change their names too, don't they? That's a good point. Yeah. Yes. Completely change their identity. And then, and they they kind of mess with their old world somewhat. So they bring articles from the temple, and they sort of downgrade and debase that. And so, um, there's a slight bit of a little bit of syncretism going, a little bit of mixture. So it's not just devastating everything that's gone and 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 you know destroying the temple. It, it's kind of messing with the mind. But anyway, that, that that's the whole thing in itself. But the so so the Babylonians were a civilization ending culture. The Roman Empire undoubtedly did the same thing. Caesar as Lord. I mean, Caesar was the symbol. Um, the buildings, it was the most, probably one of the most magnificent building eras of all time. You know, when they when the Romans left Britain after 400 years, where they, they, they'd held Britain essentially in slavery, and uh, when they left, it took another 1,200 years before the economy recovered. 1,200 years for the economy to recover. Apparently, they could, oh, wow. they could discover that by how much pottery there is per square yard when okay. they go down into, okay. the, into the strata. And so there were ways they could find that. It was not till the, the 17th century that the British economy recovered from the Romans leaving. So That's amazing. very powerful. And these, these are very clever people, magnificent architecture. Um, so, but the Romans were a civilization-ending culture, and so the idea at the time that, that Jesus came was that um, Caesar is Lord, and so Israel mm. was was occupied by the Romans, and with with puppet heads like Herod, who was like a fake Jew in reality, and mm-hmm. so he he didn't you know d- do it the right way, and so um, crucifixion was a symbol that our culture is the dominant culture and any other view, we're going to make an example of you. If you dare to, to express your faith, whether it's a Jewish faith or a Christian faith, we're going to kill you. Caesar is Lord. Wow, even the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ was evidence of this happening in the world. Wow, that's incredible. It's at the heart of our faith, and yet yeah. at the same time, it, it's a reminder. It's a clash of, of civilization. Yeah. So so um, Jesus is Lord was the defining term. Do you believe Caesar is Lord or Jesus is Lord? And so civilization-ending cultures. And the, the thing is, the exact same thing is happen, happening today. Always has been. Um, perhaps we've lived through a particular era where we've grown up with a little bit more of a benign culture. You know, okay. the, the culture is the water that you're swimming in that you can't even see. So a fish, he doesn't think, well, that's interesting, water today. You know, he's just <laughs> swimming in it. And so in culture, we don't really realize but that that's what's all. Culture is all that's around you, everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are many different ones going all, all, all at one time. Um and so maybe we've lived in a more benign era where some of the challenges we had to face teaching our young folks is worldliness or you know holiness in this particular area. Now, it's like you really need to understand that the worldview that a lot of people simply want to obliterate anything to do with the Judeo-Christian worldview. And, and by that, I mean anything that has its foundation in the Old Testament or the New Testament mm. To many people, is a really bad thing, and so if if it says it, we're going to do the complete opposite. Mm. So not not only uh, you keep using this big word okay. obliterate, okay, and I love that destroy. Word. It is it's, a good word. It sounds like sure. it should be in a movie, actually. Yeah, obliterate, clash of the civilizations, and so uh, not only to do away with, but it's just to absolutely push into the ground, destroy, make everyone not just forget about it, but think terribly about it. 
and I see that even with with our students, um, yeah. there seems to be this this division. And when you talk about maybe even civilizations, when you say institutes, you mean students across the board, not not within your group, yeah. as it were, but, a, but across, across the, the board, board in yeah. high schools or or yeah. middle schools, that um, the way they see the world is different, and so much so that you know when they have different worldviews, they can no longer have conversations with one another. And you know, back in high school, when I was in high school, there when we talk about civilizations or maybe thoughts that are around today. Um, things used to be divided by the popular kids, the sporty kids, mm-hmm. the smart kids, the artsy kids, you know, um, and I'm calling them kids, they're students. Uh, but now it really is, it's divided by um, what you think about the world and how you see the world. And so today, what would you say are some of the civilizations that are clashing together at this moment? What would you say some of those civilizations Oh wow! What what describe the civilizations? Yeah. I would say the foundation that we've been we've been that that we you and I would have grown in primarily you know most of us in um, in the room is is that Judeo Christian framework where essentially the Ten Commandments were as the foundation of law and not everyone lived it and in fact every one of us at some stage in some fashion has broken every one of those commandments in some form but nonetheless that was kind of an understanding that there's a God. And you know, in America, the name of Jesus has been held in in high esteem. Sometimes his name taken for vain as well. So not everyone's been following Jesus by any means. But that was essentially the foundation of, of the culture. Um, in, increasingly, with globalization that's taking place, we know we're exposed to so many other different religions, so many different cultures, and everything. So we've become more aware of that. And um, but but I would here's one example. While I was growing up, the the Soviet Union um, was dominant. To pray for the fall, pray for the downfall of the Soviet Union was like an impossible prayer. Yet it it, it collapsed. So from 1917 to 1989, the idea of an iron well, the Iron Curtain didn't really come till after World War II. But but this was like a dominant. So Soviet Union, Nazi Germany. That's another example. Almost like almost like a biblical. Um, one of those statues in the book of Daniel, suddenly there arose this this powerful force. Um, communism in China, um, the Cultural Revolution that, that they say may have killed as many, murdered as many as 60 million people. Um, this here, oh this was a cultural revolution after Mao's long march and in the late 40s of China's, you know, communism in China forming. Um, and the Cultural Revolution came. Do you remember people would, would wear wear sort of the same clothes. Everyone had to wear the same clothes, like a uniform, those kind of overalls, their book of faith, their little red book. So everyone followed that. And if you didn't follow it, you'd be killed. And so the Church of Jesus Christ was severely mm. persecuted during that mm. that time. There's another crackdown. But those are examples of civilizations that sort of rise up that are clearly counter to, to the freedoms of the Judeo-Christian tradition. And they become dominant. They try and obliterate. They burn the books, and they try mm. and obliterate all other forms of culture. Radical Islam, ISIS clearly uh, has uh, was doing that, where they were literally, if there's a church, well, church is bad, so we're going to burn the church. We're going to d- mm. destroy it, so that you know you often see attacks on places of worship being a sign of of a civilization. And I would say also in wow. in the secular worldview, what we the tolerance movement, if I could use that word. 
it's becoming very obvious that it's no longer about being nice to everybody and being kind to everybody and everyone's got an opinion. We can listen to each other and get on with each other. It's like, no, no, if you believe that, you're a bad person and mm. and you need to be punished for it. In fact, if someone does punish it for you, we're going to look the other way. And so it's no longer about tolerance because I don't believe you can, you can any, anything that, that and well, you asked me about civilizations. I know it, I've, I've just got to stay there for a moment. Anything that replaces God will end up becoming a false God. Mm. There are multiple battlefronts going on right now. It's a, it's a complex world. Um, but I see that the, the most important, if I can say civilization, is the kingdom of God. Wow. And, and you can't say this is the kingdom of God in a particular manifestation of a particular expression, but it's the name of Jesus Christ that, that is the heart of, of the kingdom of God. And so um, so we proclaim Jesus. We don't pro- proclaim a civilization, as it were, but we mm. proclaim Jesus Christ. The local church is the expression of that. And it, the beauty is it can be in every, every, any nation in the world. And it is. And the gospel is spreading across the world uh, still. And uh, sometimes the church is weak. Sometimes it makes terrible mistakes uh, along the way. But above all, I love God's people. And, and so, sorry, that so took, I took a long time to answer hey, that no, question. Uh, you're pointing people to Jesus. Jesus is king. Jesus, um, this is the way God created it. And I'll tell you, whatever worldview or whatever perspective, I know basically what you're saying is in the book of Romans, which sounds like this series is really going through the book of Romans. This is how Paul was living. And yeah. the word of God is applicable to us today. And there's a church in Rome. And, and there's a church in Rome. I mean, um, as far as it being a series really in the book of Romans, is there anything you can share with us about about Romans in this Sure, sure, yeah. And so, so with this background of civilization ending cultures in the time of the Old Testament, in the time of the New Testament, in the times that we live in, the message is the same. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for the salvation um, uh, for everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. So even cross-civilization, as it were, Jesus is the answer. And so we're going to proclaim Jesus. That's what you do every week, and that's what we do every week as a church. But as we go through Romans, we're going to see the world that we're living in. But I want us to see that what was happening in Bible times is happening all around us as well. Mm. There'll be ultimate clash of civilizations and dynasties as the second coming of Christ gets nearer and nearer. And I believe that we are seeing a preparation for that. Uh, I believe every generation should be ready for, for Jesus to come in our time. Um, let's not go into the second coming right yeah. now. <laughs> but but, um, but uh, yeah. ultimately, all of Scripture is this same clash, but Jesus is the answer. Now, let, let me just park out on one thing. I, okay. I began preaching through Romans for the first time, I think about 22 years ago in, in Brighton, the most secular city in Europe. And so some of the truths that I was proclaiming, I would have to sort of take a little longer to get there for, for our people, for a visitor, because most people were already in negative territory with regard to hmm. what the Bible has to say. I think there's a lot of people in America already there in negative territory, but there's still a lot of people who have a positive view of the Bible and want to hear it. But I was preaching through that uh, for Romans one twenty for since the creation of the world, and I just paused there, and I didn't even finish the rest of the verse, but for since the creation of the world, and I thought, hold on a minute, as I was preparing, like, hold on a minute. And I do this at, at New Hope as well, and I preach this as well at New Hope. And I thought, um, 
Most people don't believe that in, in Britain anymore. Most people. In America, actually, about half the nation still believes in a literal six-day creation, which is what I believe. Mm. And so it, it's astonishing that despite all the secularism, all, all the stuff around us, it's incredible how many people do believe that the Bible is giving us the real story. And I believe that too. But it's very, it was very easy in Britain, as I believe that, to still feel a bit intimidated by the dominant evolutionary worldview that affected every ology that was studied mm -hmm. in the nation, the BBC, all the time. I remember watching this TV program. It's called Horizon on the BBC. It's all right if I just stay on creation because it's about worldview and civilization. This scientist, you know, inverted commas, had a picture of two bones, and okay. he claimed it was was the leg of a predator that no longer exists. And this particular predator killed a particular um, animal, which happened to be who we were as human beings in our development along the way. And he dis discerned this from two bones. And, and he showed there was a gouge in a bone and there was not a gouge in another bone. Instead of just going like, here are two different bones, he said, he said, here we can actually see the changes taking place describing how the predator that um, was attacking us and how this was all to do with our evolution. Mm. And I thought, that is the most ridiculous thing <laughs> I've ever heard. It's the <laughs> most utter non-science. And then the BBC program continued, yeah. and out of the water came what... You're thinking, what is this? It was literally a simulated picture of... I remember this is 2001, mm. of, of a, a human baby coming out of the water... Oh, wow. It was the most crazy pseudoscience, philosophy, theology, all wrapped into one complete nonsense. And I'm seeing this, I'm going like, my country is so completely ev evolutionized that when complete rubbish is put on the national broadcasting station, my that no one was going to complain about it. Yeah. Charles Darwin was buried in Westminster Abbey, almost canonized. And so I started unpacking all this stuff, and I did eight, eight weeks on it. And at first, I think my friends thought... I, I'd, I'd gone completely nuts, even some of the church people. By the end of it, I think we were realizing, hey, something did not come from nothing. Mm, <laughs> how, how could that have possibly... And, and I, I really encourage people, challenge the philosophical presuppositions of your day. Wow. Students, that's, challenge... That's really, that's really yes. good. That, that's a really good thing. I, I love having you say that because challenging, challenging those thought processes. Keep, keep going on that. What do you mean? How, how did that look well, for you? I mean, if how God created that? the world, then the rest of the book of Romans flows yeah. that if he created us, then he's, he's revealed himself. He's also revealed a standard. He's revealed it in, in general revelation. That's, a, that's a, a kind of a technical term for Romans 1, is that there's a general revealing of God in the world. But there's also the specific revelation of Jesus Christ and, of course, his word. But... Um, Romans actually tells us that even if we didn't hear about Jesus, in effect, we're still not without excuse because we've been given like a divine conscience place within us. And I believe that. And so, I mean, I would encourage people to challenge the evolutionary worldview from the very notion that, you know, how could you have some kind of explosion of, I mean, this something, well, where did the something come from? Blew up. Mm. And it just so happens to be we're at this particular planet and, and we happen to be the right distance from the sun, which happens to be the right size. And there's a moon that yeah. helps govern the tides. And there are 17 anthropic, anthropomorphic impossibilities that all come together, even just to make life as it is able to sustain, let alone to get life there and for it to be 
at the high level of complexity that we have that you and I can even do a podcast together. <laughs> and that happened apparently by chance mutation over billions and millions of years. I would, I would, on, there are multiple stages there that I would challenge. And the same with like how we, do we have a soul? Morality. There's a whole subject there. I'd encourage people to, to, to challenge the worldview of the day. And I know you do that with your students by proclaiming God's word. The simplest way to do that is to proclaim God's word. And as issues arise, to deal with them as they come along. Mm, amen. Sorry, that all was from, really, that was a lot from, to say. All from Romans chapter 1, verse We're just 20. beginning. We're just making a start. <laughs> and now I can see how we, uh, whoever I was, preached on Romans for nine years. Yes, uh, Dr. Incredible. Martin Lloyd-Jones. But uh, actually, it, my... Area superintendent, that's what we used to have as Baptist pastors in the UK, well, many, many years ago. And he went along to hear Dr. Lloyd-Jones preach, and it was week six of the study, so he thought, well, I've probably missed most of it. He was still on I, Paul, you know, on the very first <laughs> slide, or just Paul. Um, yeah. So, hey, but thanks for letting me just talk about that, and um, I, you can see I'm excited about it. There's a lot to unpack. We'll keep it simple as we go through the book of Romans. We'll let the word of God speak, Amen. because it's God's words, not, not our opinions, but it's certainly relevant in our day. But yeah, you're, you're doing this all the time as well. You're, you're keeping a Bible in one hand and as it were a newspaper in the other and you're, you're presenting the problem and showing that Jesus is the solution and um, you, you've got a new series coming up as well yeah. so do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, uh, like you said trying to keep in mind what's happening in the world what can we talk about in the, in the student ministry that can yeah. help and so our first sermon series is going to be called Don't Judge Me and that's a that's something that I hear often. I yeah. see people say often. Yeah. And so don't judge me. But it really goes back to the speck and the plank. Yeah. yeah. So speck and the plank. That means that we are actually able to see the speck in our brother's or sister's eye, but we have a plank in our own. So it's talking about how to judge rightly, uh, how to be a way that's not judgmental. We're making judgments yeah. all the time. All the time. And actually, in fact, Jesus said... Stop doubting and make a right judgment from John chapter 7. So oh. so we do have to make judgments. We do. And seriously, and if you don't make judgments, look, look out. Yes. I mean, <laughs> that's how we make decisions. That's a bad not? place to go. That's a dangerous thing <laughs> yeah. to do. God yeah. gives us that opportunity, but God is also the ultimate judge. And, yeah. um, and we'll see that one day. And so we're just talking about how can we do a better job as Christians yeah. um, in this world, yeah. um, loving one another, but also loving the world in a way that we speak the truth in love. And so um, so we've got that coming up. You're going to do great. Yeah. I'm, I love <laughs> your, your group whenever I've come along. They're just so attentive and yeah. I don't know, they, they seem to love to listen. They love to have fun and hang out with each other, but they know when they to do. kind of just dial into the word as well. They dial in. Um, they love the word of, of God and they know they know it's okay. Alex is up there talking, but I'm speaking from the Word of God here. Yeah. And so, hey, Alex, if you could just stop saying all those jokes and just get the Word of the Word of God, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's like this podcast, <laughs> we try and get on with it, don't we? If we can, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Hey, can I can I ask one thing just before we yeah. wrap up? But like like the one thing I noticed is like, judge not lest you be judged. Matthew said one can be used as a weapon. Mm. So when when you actually make a decisive judgment call when you make a decision it can be like are oh, you being so judgmental towards me and that's that's that don't judge me jesus said that to show that um well we mustn't be going around all the time the illustration he uses is the one you've used that um saying you're terrible and we've got a great big plank in our eye the measure that you use will be used to use there are judgments going all the time but it, mm. it's used as a weapon these days don't mm. you think judge mm. not is it's, it's a christian teaching 
that non-Christians can sometimes use as a weapon to attack Christians with mm. because you're making a judgment. Yeah. It's really, it's a, don't, don't be judgmental. Don't be the one that constantly has something to criticize. Don't be that person. Nobody wants to be around that person, no. right? And Jesus, he hung out with sinners, so that means he lived in such a way that people that didn't believe who he was still wanted to be around him. And so, but Jesus knew the truth, and Jesus actually told them the truth. Yes. And that's what's important. How do we speak the truth in love? How do we make a judgment about a situation, do it well? Where do we find that judgment from? Well, we find it from Scripture, whatever Scripture says. And so it's not a personal opinion. How about this a thought? Back to wrapping it up with Clash of Civilizations. Um, I think this is the most judgmental era that I've certainly lived through. Mm, That's fair to say. And, I mean, everyone's condemning each other and, you know, running each other down. Um, And I would say the further you stray away from the Word of God, the further a culture gets away from believing in in the scriptures what comes in its place might seem at first to be very rational and tolerant and kind but we've ended up creating a very intolerant Mm. divided and at times nasty culture and so i would just say jesus is the answer i encourage you to go for that sermon uh, go for that series um with your students yeah thanks it'll be awesome and looking uh, forward to yours also oh thanks yeah great well thanks for being here everyone with real with reese and with alex edwards um man we've covered some heavy ground today haven't we well (laughs) done thank you and uh see you all everybody we'll see you soon